You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet After Dark Podcast, whatever this is. So glad you could join me today. It's going to be a good old time. Good old time. If you would like to participate in the call-in show, please do. 608-501-0718. We talk about pizza, Packers, horror movies, Marvel movies, superheroes, and how unrealistic they are. Um... A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Sometimes Rogers, but, you know, very rarely does that come up. You don't have to worry about that. kind <laughs> of crazy. Also, new callers, if you're new and you're like, what the heck is going on here, call in, 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line, which is good because this call-in line is becoming about as long as the wait list to um, get those season tickets. So it's not quite 140000 but we're we're climbing rapidly. Um, we do not have any new callers, so with that being said, let me scroll on down to the bottom, and let's kick this thing off the right way. You know what? I think, I think some of these got messed up, and I have to go back, because I tried to record this, and that's when the audio was all jacked up. Did we hear Dakota? I think so. Yes, we did. We did, we did, we did. Let's try Nate. I don't think we listened to Nate yet. Yeah, Packer Nat. This is Nate all again from central wisconsin almost about exactly 12 hours from my first call um had some time to reflect on the pat mcafee podcast and listening to aaron Rodgers. i listened to it and then i watched it on youtube and uh uh i'm i'm just feeling good about the whole situation um the way his demeanor um how he actually stopped and corrected uh, McAfee a couple of times. Yep. And uh, by the way, I bring this up a little bit tomorrow. Tomorrow's a little ranty as well. But Pat McAfee is not only <sighs> be as polite as I possibly can. I don't think he's he's a great entertainer. He's a wild man. Um, seems to be a fantastic entrepreneur. Definitely a people person. I mean, to, to just climb your way into the WWE and everything else that he's done and build all these relationships. Um, with all that said, I don't see him as a supreme intellect in this realm. Um, and he's also a terrible listener. So, and, and you know, his whole shtick with Rogers seems to be, I'm going to listen to what you say, kind of. And then try to find a way to turn that into something that you can dunk in somebody's face, right? So, like, Rogers is like, you know, I was in my darkness retreat thinking about what I wanted to do. And then I came out and I was hearing stuff. He's like, were you hearing stuff about Gudekunst? Was he talking trash? Like, he wants Rogers to, like, he's teeing up so Rogers can hit Gudekunst in the face with a baseball bat. Because he thinks that's what he wants, right? He thinks this is like a big bash fest and Rogers is trying to stay away from that. So, yeah, he's constantly, like... As, as much as it seems like Rodgers is, is dunking on people, McAfee is trying as hard as he possibly can to get Rodgers to stand on top of a table and pull his pants down and just moon the entire organization and all the fans and everything else. That's what he wants. I don't know why that's become like his biggest thing is 
Like I want to set somebody up to just dunk on somebody. And it's like, no, that's not what I said. And that's not what I meant. So yeah, it is good that he, sometimes he takes the bait. But um, I think especially given the gravity of the situation, he's trying to be as measured as possible. And when he does quote unquote dunk on somebody, it's on his terms. It's something that he intended to to mention, not because McAfee set him up, but uh, yeah, he does need to be reeled in quite a bit because that's that's his whole shtick. Uh, corrected him, and uh, you could really see his emotions. And knowing that him walking off with Randall Cobb on that last game, uh, I had that feeling that he seemed to have. Yeah, where it just seemed like it was that was it. It was just like the perfect walk off and send off for him. Uh, it would have been great if he could have retired as a Packer, but um, I'm not anti Rodgers whatsoever. Right. Um, I was one of those guys where, when he was in the draft, I wanted Marshawn Lynch, and then my original, my one of my other favorite teams, the Buffalo Bills, picked him to pick before us, and then we got Aaron Rodgers, and I was so excited, so just completely stoked that we were able to get him in the draft where I was jumping up and down and and uh just ecstatic that we picked him up. But uh I I I really wanna see what Matt LaFleur can do without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I really wanna see what Jordan Love can do. I do too. It's, so it's more of that than being an than being anti Rodgers. hundred percent. Um I felt the same thing that I felt like when Favre retired and we moved on from him. If we would have let Favre come back, we would have lost Rodgers most likely. And I feel like this was the same situation. If we kept Rodgers, uh, we could take that chance at losing Love. And and I really want to see what Love can do, especially in this LeFleur system. And I want to see the complete LeFleur offense per se. And uh, I think that our biggest need now is we need to work on our offensive line for the run game because I think we need the run game more than ever. So uh, uh, thanks for listening and interested to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, I, I, I would say that most most people, obviously not everybody, there's there's an infinite combination of different opinions and thoughts on things, but I think most people are on the same page. Um, I think the vitriol just kind of comes because the back and forth amplifies. You know, it starts small. Like, you know, I, I think it's probably time to move on. And then somebody gets in your face and they start screaming and Roger starts throwing accusations and Pat Matt, and it just it just gets whipped up. And you get to the point like me, and unfortunately for me, I have a podcast, so I'm screaming these things into a microphone. And honestly, half the time as I'm doing it, I, I feel the, the responsibility to reel it back and be like, look, I, I'm, I'm honestly not trying to, the, you know, it's just, I, I, you, you just get so engulfed in the, the battle of ideas. And that's really what it is. It's not the people. We get so, we, we take it personally because we feel like it's, when people are saying these things, they're saying it about us, and, and we attack back at people, but it's not, I couldn't care less about the people. It's the ideas that we're, we're battling against, and, you know, the people are just sort of the vessels of these ideas that drive me insane. And so I yell and kick and scream and throw temper tantrums. But I remember not long ago when 
the thought of Rodgers not being our quarterback, I couldn't fathom it. And part of me wonders if the difference between the sort of the pro Rodgers and the and the pro move on, you know, pro stay, pro move on group is for myself, I sort of started to come to grips with it in like 2017, 2018. That's when I started to realize that this thing's coming to an end. There's going to be a day where he's not here and sort of dealing with that, I guess, emotionally, psychologically, whatever. And maybe there's just a contingent of people that have never done that. And and so they're still sitting here thinking, I cannot imagine an era without him. Like, we're, we're screwed, right? That's what I went through back, again, probably 2017-ish, when things just were not going well, the drafting wasn't going well, the coaching wasn't going well. Rodgers wasn't playing well, you know, the, the the roster was getting depleted because our guys were getting old and we weren't really adding any talent. You know, Ted Thompson was bringing in guys, but it was always just the bottom of the barrel, low price, like just not very good at all type of players. And again, the drafting was really getting stale. And you start to realize, like, we're sinking. And um, Rodgers is getting older and haven't really seen the magic from him in a while. And I don't know. It's it's just a theory that popped into my head in terms of what could potentially be the difference here, because I do know that feeling. And I think a lot of us have experienced that at some point, sort of like, not to be overly dramatic, but the the genuine realization that you're going to die someday. The genuine realization that Rodgers is not going to be our quarterback. And I think maybe some people are just really going through it right now because they've never dealt with it. I don't know. But um, I've just gotten to the point where and and I'm I'm exactly like and it's weird because you know you don't want to be somebody that's like uh, you know I want to move on because I want something new and flashy and fun but it kind of feels that way and you know that that's pretty irrational but it is also exciting because listen we've seen the same process for a very long time and it's been a lot of fun but it's been the same thing over and over and over and over and it's a good thing it's like I tell every you know all the Bears fans and everybody else that throws in my face you only have two Super Bowls I've never regretted being a Packer fan once in my life. The Super Bowls are immaterial. It would have been cool. to. It, it, honestly, the Super Bowls would just be another highlight. You know, you think back about all the greatest moments, and the Super Bowl that we won with with Rodgers and Favre, I guess, they're just highlights. To me, I mean, for, for everybody else, it's different. There are some people that's, you know, the Super Bowl is the only thing that matters. You know, for me, it's just it's just all the different special moments. And the Super Bowl is obviously a massively special one, but to to diminish all the amazing things we've seen, even in bad seasons, you know, the, the, the things that Rodgers has done, you know, never forget that pass from him to Jared Cook along the sideline, just unbelievable. I mean, the Hail Mary pass against Detroit, I, I, I basically ruined my favorite chair. I was flipping it up. There's a video of me. You can see my crack hanging out. I was flailing all over the floor, screaming like a crazy person. I'd flip the chair over. I don't know what happened to that video, but it's like, I freaking love that was, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't even know what season that was. I don't know a year what that was. I don't know if we even went to the playoffs. I'm assuming we did because we usually do. I couldn't tell you anything. I don't know a single thing about that season. I, I don't remember anything else about the game. But that's a moment that I will never forget. And Rodgers gave that to me. And there is a, a sincere gratitude. But, um, you know, again, we, we've kind of seen it, and I feel like it's kind of reached its conclusion. Some people disagree. But Rodgers also is kind of ready to move on. Um, you know, maybe it was just the broken thumb thing. Maybe it's because the guys are young. Maybe if he comes back with a, a, a brand new feeling good thumb and everybody else um, taking that second year leap and we get a Jackson Smith and Jigba and some stuff, you know, maybe, maybe we really, really make a run at it. But um, 
again, it, it just it it all just kind of felt for a while for me like de- delaying the inevitable, and that's kind of what it was. You know, when we gave him that contract and we went all in, it's like the end is coming, but let's prolong this for a little bit, and it's going to be painful, but let's prolong it just to see if we can squeeze a couple Super Bowls. And we did that for two years, and we couldn't win. And then we did that a, a well, I guess this is two years. It's kind of three years of taking a run at, but we did we did it for two years. The first year we we gave it an honest run. It wasn't as good as twenty twenty, and then this year was just kind of a disaster. And it just kind of feels like you know, we 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 put this off, you know, temporarily. To, to, I mean, and here's the other. Thing. I think I think the Aaron Rodgers era kind of ended when we drafted Jordan Love, and for good reason. Everything was pointing that way. And as somebody just pointed out on Twitter, you know, you look at twenty nineteen. That's the whole thing. Like, uh, you, excuse me, we won thirteen games and went to the NFC Championship. Our our defense was ranked ninth that season. Our offense was ranked fifteenth. You know, I mean, it, it was not exactly. It was clearly a better looking team. Thanks again a lot to Matt Lafleur and Mike Pettin and um, and Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy who did all these things to revive the team. But this was not an elite offense. So drafting Jordan Love, which by the way is not just a simple like it doesn't matter what happens, we're replacing him. If Jordan Love wasn't in the draft, we wouldn't have drafted him. In fact, the plan was to draft Justin Jefferson, but it was a best player available situation. And then the only other question is, should we not draft him because we have a long-term solution at quarterback? And the answer was no. We look at it always from the other perspective, which is the Packers just desperately went up and, you know, they traded up for him. Well, yeah, they traded up for him because they like him that much. They like, you know, they, they would have, if Justin Jefferson was there, they would have traded up and got him. But just like everything else, you know, why do you trade up for somebody? Because you look at your board and you say the last guy that is on the upper tier, the last first round pick that's there is this guy. We got to go get him. Otherwise, we're stuck with second round picks. We might as well trade back. So we made a trade up. We got the last guy that they really, really liked. And Matt LaFleur really, really liked. It was a great fit for their system. And you got a quarterback that clearly is on the way out. He doesn't like the franchise and all this stuff. And now we've gone through this a hundred times, but... I think the point is I, everybody's kind of sensed it. And and I think maybe a lot of the pro Rogers people didn't or just felt like it shouldn't be there, you know, and just kind of railed against what felt like was happening, which was Rogers was being pushed out. But, um, and again, he, he made a heck of an effort. He sustained and prolonged his, his life here by winning back-to-back MVPs and good for him. But when that ran out, we're kind of back to the, to where we left off, which is, I think it's time. And so it is. And I, I'm with you 100%. I'm, I'm excited to see something new. I'm excited to see the Matt LaFleur scheme fully exercised. I'm excited to see if Jordan Love can play. I mean, I know he can play, but it's kind of like the whole Mitch Trubisky-Justin Jefferson thing, right? If you can throw a couple good passes, that's great. But but the real the real test is consistency. And that's my biggest concern with, with uh, Jordan Love. Even going back to his college days, you could see, again, the Pat Mahomes comparisons. It's obvious. The Aaron Rodgers comparisons, which Pat Mahomes was compared to Aaron Rodgers. But He's that style of player. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Tom Brady. You know, he fits into that Rodgers Mahomes mold. Now, is he that good? I don't you know. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm excited to see it. And I'm excited to see how this often, and you know, it's, it's not a, a, a bad, I'm not putting my, my life savings on this thing being a playoff team. But I, I, I just know that um, it's time to move on. I know that. Um, as a Packer fan, we're going to have a lot of a lot of more memories. I'm I'm just excited to cheer for the team. You know, I'm excited to cheer for Love. I'm excited to watch him win his first game and throw his first touchdown pass. Well, wouldn't be his first, but as the official, you know, whatever. And you know, who knows? Maybe his first win is in Week Seven. I you know, I have no idea how this is going to go. 
But I'm excited. I want to see the Jordan Love to to Christian Watson throw. I want to see the Dobbs. I want to see all these things materialize and again just see what it looks like. And we just we haven't had a new fresh look in in a long time. And new and fresh is not a bad thing. You know, the the teams are evolving and everybody admires the new flashy, you know, look at the Eagles, look at this, look at that. We've got a real opportunity here. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. What's going on? It's Omar the Firefighter. Hey. hey, just calling. Uh, this is after A Rod say you want to go to the Jets. So I'm sure you got a whole bunch of calls about yep. that. Um, I'm mad I didn't get to watch the show because I was at the station and we were busy all day. But I decided when I got a chance to watch, because uh, I already know how the Packers are going to react, Packers fans. So I watched some Jets reactions, like just YouTube pages and stuff. That's what I got to do, I forgot. To get their point of view, if they were mad or if they were happy. And about 98, 99% was extremely happy and excited. Like, yeah. you know. Um, but I was also listening to, like, people's takes on what the trade conversation was. Because it's like, on our side, we're like, oh, well, the Jets, they need to hurry up and make this deal. So, you know, but we don't have to. We can wait forever, you know, because they're the ones need the quarterback. Right. So if they don't want to give us their first-round pick this year and this and that, then we'll just go ahead and hold on to them, and they won't have them until, you know, when the season about to start, which is tough for them. But then on the Jets side, they're like, Oh, well, we're good because uh, we want to keep our first-round pick this year. So if you want to keep them after the draft and trade them June 1st or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Then we we keep our first-round pick this year. We'll give you our first-round pick next year, which would be later. Yeah. So that's their thinking of it. So it's kind of like, wow, like looking at both sides, both feel like they got the upper hand. I mean, I think we got the upper hand maybe like 5%. But I definitely want this pick this year. Because I I believe what I would do is if we get that number twelve this year that we trade back with that and pick up a first round pick later on and something else next year is what I would what we would do kind of like we did when we traded with the Saints and got their first round pick. Um, so that's what I that's the reason I want it so that way we'll have two first round picks next year as well as a pick this year and that's so that's what I'm hoping, but. You know, the Jets don't want to give that up, <laughs> so supposedly. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we get. But I'm thinking at worst-case scenario is two second-round picks. Yeah. Um, But I'm hoping we get the first-round pick this year and then trade it. So, all right, go back, go. Bye. Yeah, I've been kind of vacillating on that in terms of, you know, again, just listening to people. And, and listening to people has failed me um a, a lot. <laughs> talking for days and days and days about what the news is and then find out that that's not the reality. So it's, it's, you know, whatever, but that's all, that's the only information I have to go on. So that's what I'm going with. But if I were to just kind of parse it out, you know, listening to like Ian on, on Pat McAfee show and whatnot, it sounded like, and, and he was mo- mostly speculating, but it's still interesting. Um, kind of sounded like he was leaning toward the ceiling being 13. You know, like, I don't know if you really get more if you get 13. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward a second this year and a maybe like a firm second, not a conditional, unless it's like a conditional in terms of the floor is a second and it could be a first if. 
uh, that kind of thing. But that's kind of where I feel like we're at is is two seconds, which kind of makes me sad because I just want that 13, even though there's really, I can't, it's, it's not like, oh man, if we can get these two plays, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if we can get Michael Mayer and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, that'd be dope, but um, I, I, I have a, it, it's probably not my favorite class in this range, and there's probably something better next year. Maybe not. I don't know. But that that is kind of a fun point. We kind of explore it tomorrow, the idea of, you know, if we wait until after the draft kind of thing. And yeah, you're right. We can wait. And, and you would feel like the Jets want to believe they have the leverage. Like, well, you know, if you don't pull the trigger, you don't get a pick this year. But the Packers have the leverage of, yeah, but if we wait until after June 1st, then that's going to massively help our salary cap. Because if we wait until after June 1st, then instead of having to make $9 million more in space, we save $16 million. So it's like a $24 million swing in our cap this year. Instead of costing us $9 million, we save 16 I think those numbers are right. Um, let's just say roughly. It's 15.8, I think. But... So so even if the Packers want the pick, they can play hardball and just be like, oh, you know what? You're right. We should wait. We should wait. Let's wait until after June 1st. And then we'll come back to the table. We'll negotiate it. We'll talk about it. It'll help our cap. And um, probably sucks for your cap because you won't be able to spread it out as much. You got to take the hit all this year instead of spreading it out. Because the way that it would probably work is they would do it before June 1st and then would have after and then next year or something. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, so that so then we put the pressure back on the Jets. And then just say, okay, well, yeah, we'll wait until after June 1st. We'll come back, and then I'll talk about how many first-round picks I want in the future because obviously those are downgraded, which, again, is, is a benefit to us because next year that first-round pick is not worth less than what this year's first-round pick is now, right? The, the fact that they discount future picks is just baffling to me. I've, I've talked about that a hundred times. I won't again, but... Yeah, so I'm again the 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 greediness in me wants them to just do it because I just want it now. I want the picks for this year so we can enjoy it, uh, and ideally it would be pick thirteen just because why not? But um, yeah, I think we got a lot of options and none of them are really bad. I think the absolute worst case scenario is we don't get a deal done and Rogers retires and we get nothing. But that's about the floor as far as I'm concerned. There's threats of him coming back, but that doesn't make any sense to me. He's going to come back here just to be a D-bag, just to stick it to the Packers. He's going to come back and be a backup quarterback and tarnish his entire legacy, ending his career as a backup um, for the sole purpose of hurting the team that is there to try to... So every single player on the team, by the way, is being hurt. He's really going to do that? Okay. I don't think so. Hello, Ryan. Hey. I forgot to mention something this morning. First time caller, Uncle Rico. Hey, Uncle Rico. This isn't my audio this time, it's his. You can make a fish taco. I'm pretty sure you can make a meatball burrito. Hmm. I missed the first part, so I don't know how we got to that, but um, I don't know if I've ever made a fish taco. I know they're they're supremely uh, delicious as far as some people are concerned. But I have done meatball burritos. I don't know if you're just commenting on the fact that I've mentioned that before, but uh, they are delicious. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to mess up burritos. It's just take good food and wrap it in a burrito and eat it. 
so good. I, I can't even tell you how many combinations. My uh, grandma, for example, would make like this beef. You know, you put it in like the the those big pots, what the heck are those kettle things, put them in the oven, let them sit in the, the onion gravy and all that stuff. Dude, I slap that in, in a big old burrito shell, put some cheddar cheese on it, wrap it up, dude. You got like the the gravy juice dripping down your chin. It doesn't matter. It's a burrito. Put whatever you want. Put meat, cheese, done. You want to put rice in it, do it. doesn't matter. Hot sauce, yeah, why not? It's, it'll be fine. It's a burrito, dude. It's delicious, no matter what. No matter what. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I really don't understand all this Rogers hate from the callers. I mean, I get it. I'm annoyed with him and how this whole saga has played out. Um, but, I mean, he's the greatest quarterback in our franchise history. Like, I, I don't know. I don't see everybody acting like they hate him. Like, a little ridiculous. Um, I think it's also funny. It's like kind of, I'm not saying he's Michael Jordan by any means, but like everybody, oh, he just has to be slighted to be good. Well, that's the only thing, not the only thing, but you know, that's what made Michael Jordan great. I mean, he literally would make up things. He'd be like, oh, so-and-so from the other team said this about me. And that, the guy would be like, I, I never said that. And he, <laughs> Michael Jordan would not let it go. You know, he, he, <laughs> in his head, it was real. That's this hilarious. guy said a slight to him. So now he's going to go demolish him on the court. And that's what he did. Um, so, you know, it's just like, and don't get me wrong, Michael Jordan was a asshole too when he played. I mean, you know, but he was great. And Rodgers... It's been great for a long time, too, so I don't know. It's just. Well, on that point, I mean, if, if that's what it takes, whatever, but I don't have to like it. You know, again, it's it's like it, it it's bothersome to me that he flat out said the only reason he played at a high level was because they drafted Jordan Love, which would imply that if they didn't do that, he wouldn't be giving 100%. I... I I don't I don't understand that. You're a fantastic quarterback, but you just don't feel like putting in the effort unless you have a chip on your shoulder. I mean, the bottom line is it's just not something that I want to continue with because apparently if the chip goes away, um, which it did probably after he got his contract because Jordan Love's no longer a threat and he got one over on the Packers and they can't get rid of him, and what happened? So, you know, I mean, again, I get it. Yeah, you shouldn't hate the guy, but on that specific point, I mean, if that's what it, if that's the only thing that drives you, fine. But again, I don't have to like it, and I can tell you that I don't. I, I think that's um, it's just it's just bothersome to me that I don't trust that you're going to put in the work, unless you're angry at. It, and a lot of times, it's at his own team, it's at the fans, it's at the GM. You know, point it outwards. You know, I mean, Brett Favre was kind of that way, but Brett Favre pointed it outwards. Brett Favre. You know, you'd see him get smoked, and he would get up and he'd get in that guy's face, and you knew we won the game. Didn't matter, you know, Warren Sapp or something. Somebody'd get up and hit him, and he'd get in that guy's face, and you knew it was game over. And and something just clicked in his brain. So you know, yeah, there there is something to that little bit of competitive drive, but he but again, point it at the other team. You know, if you want to do the Michael Jordan thing and make something up, fine. Go to the other team. You know, it's like the Bobby Boucher thing talking about his mom or whatever, however that worked out. I don't really remember, but he would make something up about the other team. Aaron Rodgers is constantly mad at his own team. Everything we've ever heard about Aaron, you know, he's super friendly with everybody else on the other teams, but he had problems with Ted Thompson. He had problems with Mike McCarthy. He's got problems with Gutekunst. He has problems with LaFleur. He's got problems. He, he hated that wide receiver coach that one time, telling wide receivers don't listen to that guy. 
again, I mean, you know, great people are often pretty quirky. You know, you look at the guys at the top of industry, you know, Elon Musk is, he's a really super weird dude, super genius, very, very good at what he does, which is everything. He's built pretty much everything that we have. The robots that I'm using, he was a part of that. And then he just, I guess, left. He's got a car company. He has a solar company. He's got a company where you implant chips in your freaking brain to turn your brain into a computer. Like, <laughs> he's already 10 steps ahead of this AI stuff. He's working on turning humans into robots. Oh, and he's, he also uh, has a space company, for crying out loud. He's doing something with tunneling. Um, it seems like he's got some project where he wants to provide power to the entire world with these, what, gigafactories? He's like, oh yeah, we build like 10 of these and the whole world has power forever or something. Oh, and the uh, Starlink. He's got Starlink, which is just satellites flying around and then you have, you have uh, reception everywhere you go. He also started PayPal bunch of other stuff like but he's a weird dude same with the rogers he's got some quirks but again i don't have to like it don't hate him i don't i promise you i don't but it's that kind of stuff that's just going to bother me you start attacking guys inside the team you start treating people not right you're not pulling your weight but you're mad at other people for not pulling theirs that kind of stuff and again i don't like the superstar diva stuff talk about that a little bit more tomorrow in terms of you know feeling like certain people deserve special privileges i i i don't like it and yeah, I, I, you know, again, th this is just my perspective. I know you're not directly talking to me, but um, you mentioned that point, and that's just my thought on that specific point. I think everybody's angry in the moment. I get that. But I just hope this doesn't carry over. Uh, you know, I hope Rogers can be the guy that comes back to the stadium yeah. and, you know, has a good relationship with the team. Um, but it's not really seeming like we're headed that way. Um, well, I, I actually kind of disagree. I was thinking about that. Um, you know, I remember with the Brett Favre thing, I think that was actually a lot more ugly than this. And uh, the reason I say, I mean, I was much more hostile toward Favre than I am um, Rodgers. I think I was very hurt by it. Um, I felt kind of slighted that he would just do everything that he did. And, you know, Rodgers is doing pretty much everything Favre did, but I, I guess I'm just kind of more used to it or whatever, not bothered by it. But I mean, even today, if, if Rodgers went for a year and played with the Jets and came back, I think he would get a standing ovation. And Favre was gone for a long time before he came back when it was Favre and Rodgers and Bart Starr. And honestly, I didn't know if he would be cheered or booed. I really didn't. And he, was, he said he was worried about potentially being booed. Um, it was rough. It was hostile toward Favre. And again, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I know some people are upset or whatever, but... If Rodgers walked out in the middle of the stadium right now and it was packed with 80,000 people and he just said, you know, I just want to say goodbye, he would get a, a absolute roar of applause from everybody. So I actually think that he's much more, you know, there, there's a lot of hostility. You hear it in the, in the calls and everything else, but um, I genuinely think even today at the at the peak of all this, if he did that, you know, for whatever reason, or, you know, let's say this upcoming season for family night or something, he flies out. I have no idea how that would all work. But I, I think even today, he would get that massive round of applause. Now, if he goes and plays for the Jets and then comes back and plays for the Vikings and says he did it because he wanted to shove it up the Packers, you know what, then we got a separate conversation. But um, again, Favre was welcome back. And I think this is not as serious or as uh, heated as that was so i think it'll be i think it'll be all right
again, it, like you said, it's heated right now. And I think mostly it's heated, like I said, because there's so much back and forth. It starts small with like, here's what I think. And somebody disagrees and then you think it louder and then you think it louder and then you yell it. And then, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, you're punching and Rogers is catching all the strays. Um, so it's just one of those things, but it'll calm down. I just didn't realize this, but the Jets are one of the four finalists for hard knocks. So oh. if Rogers goes to the Jets, they oh. will. I feel like there's no way they're not hard knocks. And that oh, wow. I cannot even imagine. It'd be quite interesting. And all these people that are sick of Aaron Rodgers will have to deal with hearing about him more and more because I would love to be on your screen. There's going to even if you don't watch Hard Knocks, there's going to be a lot of reporting <sighs> on it for you know. That would be amazing. Which is I think six eight weeks. So anyway, that should be interesting. Assuming they actually can hammer out a deal and get it done. Um, hopefully that happens soon. Go pack, go. Sitting here thinking. I wonder if you told Rogers that if he'd back out of the deal. I know some people are like, no, he loves the cameras, but I think he'd be really annoyed by that. He's very, uh, he doesn't like certain things. He doesn't like the intrusion, I don't think. But yeah, that's a wild, uh, it's a wild point you bring up. Hey, Ryan, Daniel from California. Hey. Alas, we see Aaron Rodgers and why he has been frustrated the last few years. He's talking about how they let older players go and the process in which they do it and complaining about doing it this way, complaining about doing that way. There's no win where if you offer them something, it's too little. If you don't offer something, it's disrespectful. Right. Well, what he's talking about is doing what the Vikings do where you keep players longer than you should. Right. And you keep your older guys, you know, way past when they should be there. Yeah. And what do the Vikings have to show for it? This is a business, Aaron. And I think uh, telling it straight to these guys was the right thing to do. And, you know, being there as long as you had, we appreciate you. You, know, you brought us a championship. You brought us a bunch of NFC championship appearances. But, you know, this is a cold business. And it's all right ready to see Jordan, and I hope uh, we get a conditional pick next year and something good this year, and hopefully you win a Super Bowl, so our conditional pick will be a first-rounder next year. But, you know, I like the way the Packers do business. It is what it is. You may not like it. Maybe they can just, you know, communicate a little better. Well, and that's my point. I would love to have actually have somebody call in if, if you're kind of on Roger's side with this. Because I, I don't even understand the point of it. Other than just speculating and kind of making things up about what you think is happening, can can you give me an example of something that happened that you thought was not right? Again, the only thing that I can think is the Mike McCarthy thing where apparently, and I think this is according to Mike McCarthy, he was just told to go into, I think it was Mark Murphy's office, and he said, we're going in a different direction. And that was the whole conversation. And you, you hear that, and it's like, come on, man, that's that's messed up. But even at the same time, like, okay, what would you add? Do you really want to give him the whole spiel of, we love you so much? Like, does he even want to hear that? He's going to storm out of your office. Like, dude, I don't want to hear this. Are you firing me or not? Okay, bye. So I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I mean, you know, as far as the, the respect thing, yeah, you you... you 
do a thing, I guess, for the media, which could seem disingenuous, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Again, somebody should call in and let me know because I, I just, I, I'm, I can't think of anything. What do you do? What do you say? You're firing a guy. You know, he's got a, he's got a wife. He's got kids. This is his livelihood. He's committed his life to this team. I agree with all that. What do you tell that person when you've made the decision to fire him? Other than don't make that decision because we are making that decision. That's off the table. What am I supposed to say right now? I don't know the answer. If you're if you're an eloquent person, maybe you've fired people in your life and you've done it the right way, call in and fire me and let me know what it sounds like. But again, understand I'm probably going to hang up on you. Because <laughs> as soon as I hear I'm being fired... I'm not going to sit here and with tears in my eyes well up and go, oh, thank you so much. This is These are beautiful words. Like, you just took my life from me. I'm going to sit here and listen to you give me a full diatribe, read me a poem about how much I mean to you, you know? What do you do? It's a tough business for tough guys, and nobody understands that more than a guy like Mike McCarthy, who's been on, in on those conversations for years. As people have come into his office and he's had to tell people that, we're, we're not doing this. Every single season when they do the cutdowns, it's dozens of guys. Every single year. And they're very short conversations. Appreciate your time. We're going in a different direction. He's done it to dozens of people, and he knows that that conversation is going to come for him one day. And it came. What else do you want? I understand that it stings, but realistically, what else do you want? I don't know what else to do. But hey, I like the way they do business. They're... Without the way they do business, you wouldn't have had three NFC championship appearances the last few years. So, that's all I got to say. Uh, ready for Jordan Love. I think uh, OTAs is going to be fun because we actually get to see our starting quarterback at OTAs and mini camp and all that, and he's going to be battling to get better. So, I'm excited to see him work with the young receivers and actually help develop the young receivers, too. So, that's all I got. Go. Yeah, appreciate the call. I'm with you. I, I, I think they do things the right way. I agree with, you know, the foundation that's been laid here. Um, Brian Gutekunst talks a lot about, you know, just the way that the Packers do business. He came up in it. Um, I think they've been, I, I don't think, I know that they've been wildly successful over the years. Um, you know, have they been the number one organization? I mean, if you look at 30 years, probably. Um, it's hard to sustain success as long as they have. And obviously two MVP quarterbacks have contributed to that, but um, they've also been revered for, for the way that they, until now when apparently the media has decided, especially Pat McAfee and a bunch of uh, ill-informed people want to trash Gutekunst based on no information. But uh, aside from that, we'll talk about that tomorrow. There's always been a sense of reverence. And it, it is weird because, you know, with Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson, you had... I mean, from a, just from a general media standpoint, a fan standpoint, it was never really debated that Mike McCarthy is a great coach. And it was never debated that Ted Thompson is an unbelievable GM. Even when they both were kind of being terrible at their job, it was just this, there was a glow. And again, we've talked about it with, with Matt LaFleur. Like, the guy's like the winningest coach over this first three years, you know, going 13 wins, and it's, he, no, nobody batted an eye, nobody cared. And the big turnaround happened because of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst. Losing team became a 13-win team overnight. Unbelievable. Haven't seen anything like that. The, the free agency pickups that he's had, unprecedented. 
Not to mention he's drafted a premier corner, a premier pass rusher, a premier offensive lineman. Like, I mean, some of the most critical pieces, and he drafted a quarterback who's going to be taken over. And if that dude is a hit, I mean, but but even despite the track records, which are at the very least very positive, even despite that, Matt LaFleur is seen as a piece of garbage, as is Brian Gutekunst, and I, I don't get it. Even if you want to say, well, it's all Aaron Rodgers, then why did Ted Thompson and, and Mike McCarthy get any respect? I just, I don't understand it. Anyways, if you want to be cool like my buddy Luke Holm, you should uh, check out patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, our first, our only March supporter. Luke, I appreciate you, buddy. I know you've been here before. Longtime supporter, I know that. So glad to have you back. I know I've had a lot of people leave on Patreon and have just told me they're, they're having some tough times and they're hoping to get back when they can. So um, I'm hoping that that's a good sign that things are going well for you. Also, please consider checking out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find them at FertileGroundRanch.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Um, something we could do, Canada from California again, something we could do when veterans leave, throw a pizza party. Okay. Like, hey, you know, we're going to move on, but you know, we're not going to offer you anything. Let's give them a pizza party. <laughs> I think that would be a lot nicer. I don't know. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Everybody loves the pizza party. <laughs> go pack go. Everybody except the guy who's there because he's getting fired, probably. And again, I I know you're goofing around, but in all seriousness, I mean, would you even attend that? Do you imagine getting called into the office and being told you're fired, and then being like, "Oh, by the way, we're throwing a party because you're getting fired." There's pizza in the break room if you want some. Yay. You get those little, everybody wears a hat. You got the noisemakers. <laughs> hey, 
Yeah, we threw you a party, man. You've been here a long time. It's all about respect. Figure we better put some spec on your name. You know what I mean? Hey, Ryan, since you couldn't say it on the last uh, Packernet After Dark that I was listening to, I'll just say it for you. Bear suck camel. D- <laughs> thank you. Gotta bleep it anyways, but thank you. It is true, though. Scientific fact. Hey, uh, does somebody want to go check on Rogers? He hasn't uh, mentioned in, um, well, probably about 24 hours-ish now that he won back-to-back COVID MVPs. Um, <laughs> I know he's got to get that out of his system, like, every couple days. Otherwise, he'll explode. So somebody go check on the dude. Make sure he's okay. Every time on the Pat McAfee show, they have to say that 500,000 times, man. We get it. You won back-to-back COVID MVPs. Did you win a Super Bowl? No. So, you know, shut up. We don't care. Don't care about MVPs. I can give a shit less. Fair enough. There's one on this one five to call back again. Uh, so I was listening. There was one thing I want to talk about, but before I get to that, I did want to say that Jurassic Park is not a hard film. Thank you. Uh, there's not pretty much much gore at all in uh, Jurassic Park. Hard films uh, mostly are very bloody, but like you said, good you know, dark tones and everything. At least some green vomit, you know what I mean? Sometimes it can be a little comedy horror because it's got to lighten the tension of you trying to get scared again. But... I'm trying to think if there's ever been a good comedy horror movie, though, you know? When you think, like, classic, like, actual top of the top, it's not funny, you know? I mean, even, the only ones that are funny are the ones that's like, something happened and, and you think it's kind of funny, but you don't want to admit it because it you shouldn't have been laughing at that at all. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's two different ones. The one with Matthew McConaughey. You know, there's some stuff in there that it's not really comedy and you probably shouldn't be laughing at it, but maybe once in a while you do. And then there's the other one with Arlie Ermey and that dude's just a psychopath. Dude, he, I think he he passed away a while ago too. I actually saw him at the airport when I worked at the airport once, which was super cool. That was my my one thing. Like, dude, Arlie Ermey's here. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, there's there's a couple scenes in there that... You know, you, you, I don't even know how to say it, but you shouldn't laugh at it and you shouldn't go on a podcast and admit that maybe you chuckled in, in like a really horrible kind of way. Like, dude, that's a good line. It's horrible and it's, it's chilling, but it's not actual comedy. Maybe, maybe there have been, I don't know, but I can't think of, you know, like you think of like the exorcist or, um, you know, again, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, um, Amityville Horror. You know, that's that's my jam. Like right in that, you know, Amityville is like I don't know, like the, the you know, it's growing up in the nineties, you know, Candyman, dude, Candyman got me. That's not funny. I'm not saying there's no good ones. I'm just saying when I think horror, I, I can't really envision genuine, like funny lines in there. You know, uh, it is a perfect example. That clown in there, he's got he's got some he's got some comedy, but it's so dark that it's like again it's not funny, but it's like, you know, it's it's a little, you play along with it a little bit. It's it's, it's a little funny. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, it's not funny. And you got the late 90s ones like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. I talked about that. Again, I don't think there was funny stuff in that. And even if it was, it was kind of like, you know, the kids that don't know what they're doing. So I, I don't know, man. I'm going to ask the robot what, like, what the best horror movies were that had elements of comedy in them. Shaun of the Dead is not scary. Zombieland, Tucker and Dale, like those are just goofy, stupid movies. Cabin in the Woods, that was funny? I don't remember that having any funny scenes in it. That's the one where the uh, 
The water's poisoned, right? And the guys that survived were doing it because they were drinking beer or something. I don't super remember comedy in that. Anyway, sorry for hijacking your thing. It's it's definitely uh, more sci-fi um, yeah. than horror. It's it's you know it is what it is. Just wanted to confirm that. I have, like I said before, when I called uh, over a year ago, uh, that I have like over four or five thousand movies. I'm a movie buff. That's awesome. So, and I specialize. Out of all that, I want to say probably 2,600 of them wow. are horror movies. Like I specialize That's amazing. in horror movies. I used to have- that's so cool because, like, I don't know if I mentioned, when I was a kid and, you know, we'd go out to the, the movie store, you know, which was, like, the greatest thing in the world when, like, your parents would be like, hey, you want to go get a movie? Like, are you freaking serious? Like, that, I I get chills right now thinking about it. There were times, like, you know, sometimes, like, it'd be, like, me and my stepmom or whatever, and it would be on the weekend and she'd be like, hey, you want to go, like, get some uh, Chinese food and then get a movie? Which meant you go there, you get... Usually it would be like two games and a movie, and then she would get a movie. So it's like two movies and two games. So you go there, you get your games, and all I would do, I'd walk up and down the horror aisle. I wouldn't look at anything else. I never went anywhere else. I only went up and down the horror aisles and would pick out a horror movie. And usually she would too. But, um, dude, that was so cool. Going to the movie store, man, nothing beats it. I mean, I I love the convenience of Netflix and everything else, but... The experience of that. It sucks that my kids don't really get... I mean, you get it with other stuff, but you can't be like, dude, should we go get a movie? Like, what? Are you kidding me? And then, yeah, you just get like the dumbest... There's so many horror movies, dude. And yeah, we, we'd go through... Um, what was the one? Phantasm? I know my dad really liked that with the the like Crypt Keeper guy who had like super strength or whatever, and they had that ball with the blades on it. That was a dope movie, man. I think there's a couple of them, too. Uh, Hellraiser. That one wasn't great, but it was just kind of iconic, you know? When you think horror... Back then, when you think horror movies, there's the dude with the nails in his face. By the way, did you guys ever play horror games back in the day? Like, I know they're super dope now, but I still remember, speaking of Phantasm, I always think of Phantasmagoria. Man, that game was wild. There was another game that was even better. It was uh, Sanitarium or Sanatorium or something. That I really enjoyed that game, like, a lot. But Phantasmagoria was freaking gory. I remember you'd play the game and then they play these video clips, which back in the day was like a big, like, oh man, there's actual like scenes that are being played out, but they are just the most gruesome. I forget exactly, like at the end of the game, I don't think I beat it, but it was like, because it was tough at the end, you had to like run from this monster, but there was a video clip of, you know, like those horns that are on like the, uh, you got like the old record players with like the horns or whatever, they had like taken the horn off and stuffed it in somebody's mouth and like, we're, I want to say like shoving like organs in it or what like human I, it was i mean it was just crazy it's also crazy my dad would just be like oh yeah you should play this game it's looks sweet looks pretty dope I'm like heck yeah man just like watching like mass murder stuff it's crazy but yeah that's cool that you got all that horror stuff because that was that was my thing back in the day for sure youtube channel just doing horror movie stuff um but anyway wait did you say you have one just doing horror movie hold stuff. on hold on probably 2600 of them are horror movies. Like, I specialize in horror movies. I used to have a YouTube channel just doing horror movie stuff. Um, but anyway. Why don't you do it anymore? I would check it out. You should tell me what it was. I want to go check it out. I was calling because... You could team up with Dusty, dude. You guys could do a YouTube channel. It'd be dope. It's a horror that so many people hating on Jordan Love. Yes. I, I, I go online and I see all the Packer fans are just like hating the guy. And I'm like, dang, like, did he go through this? Well, you know, with Rodgers, but like, 
why do you think holding on to Rodgers one more year is like going to give us greatness? It's not. We had Rodgers last year. Yeah. We suck. So it's like it's basically going to be the same team. And right. We're a little bit, run you know, it back. Kind of bit better, hopefully, but it's going to basically be the same team. And you know, one of the main reasons we sucked was because of Rodgers. Like he was missing wide open people and everything. Like they're they're acting like you know we were at the NFC Championship game and you know. It wasn't Rogers' fault we were off. Like it was just like, oh, he did everything right, and then you know Kevin King gave up the last second touchdown, and then like I can understand a little bit about that, but the Rogers that we just had on our team was trash. Yeah. So it's like, go, go, be free. Like, right. are you Packers fans or are you Rogers fans? Like at the end of the day, you gotta love the team. Your team might do something stupid, but you're supposed to be team first. And I just think it's real sad. A lot of people that's hating on Jordan Love. And I, 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 I wish I could just, like, remember everybody's name, screenshot them, do whatever. So if Jordan Love ended up being great, they could just feel like, suck it, you know, because they were wrong. But anyway, go Pack Go, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Yeah, and it, it makes it especially hard when you kind of understand Jordan Love's background and we haven't really delved in, delve into it and I, I don't know that I'm going to it's it's a very deeply personal thing uh, I just heard a little bit of it you know the the tragedies that he's been a part of and the the hardships and everything uh, I, I don't even want to verbalize um, what had happened but uh, very very tragic and you know he's he's had a rough rough life and uh, he's worked real hard and you know it's been him and his mom and uh, you know he's had his his quarterback coach, his coach that's been his his mentor, and um, you know I mean he's just been quiet, he's been patient, he's been working hard. I mean he's never done anything but just work really hard to try to be the best he can be. And maybe his best isn't good enough, but man, let's give the kid a shot for crying out loud, you know. I just he was handpicked by Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur. He's a talented guy. He's athletic. He's got a great arm. He's got a great mind, and um, I mean, he's built for the position. He's six foot four, what two twenty five or something. He's got a great build. He's got he's got all the tools. He's got all the assets, and he's been, you know, he hasn't been a problem. He's been quiet. He's been um, again hardworking. I mean, Aaron Rodgers likes him. You know, I mean, not and and that's relatively high praise. I, I know you can just kind of fluff it off, like, well, yeah, he's just trying to be better than Brett, but. I mean, Rodgers, if, if, if nothing else, he's a straight shooter. And if, if you're not going to come in and you're not going to do things the right way, he's not going to praise you. And he says he does. He just works hard. And he's just been doing the best he can to try to get in this spot. And uh, he's been patient. You know, he hasn't complained about his lack of playing time as much as he, he very well could have and should have maybe. Uh, the players seem to love him. So he's a, a good locker room guy. He's a, he's a, all that stuff. I, I don't really see him as being a big rah-rah leader, which, you know, again, sometimes you need that, and, and he may need to rise to that. We'll see what kind of a leadership role he takes and, and when, when the time comes, but he seems to be very liked, and um, he's doing everything he needs to do. And I think he needs to be given the opportunity to really, uh, you know, do what he can. And, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't understand just the uh, – kids man i swear i got the second kid watching the first kid because my wife left so the door's open so i can kind of keep an eye on them so it'll make it a little loud and we might have to wrap this up but anyways and i know we, we all make this mistake of, of treating people like they're not human or whatever but you got to remember 
I mean, there's people who are just betting. There are Packer fans who are betting against his success, who are rooting against him so that they could say, ha ha, I was right. I just, I don't get it, man. You know, with, with Rodgers, we have the information and we can make a decision moving forward and we can disagree on what that decision is. But man, I mean, how is there anything on this planet in regard to the Packers anyways? How is there anything that could be more important to a Packer fan than the success of Jordan Love? There is nothing more important. Nothing else really matters for this team. That's not entirely true, but it, it is the most important thing by a long shot. And if this guy can reach his full potential, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it is sky high. His ceiling is Pat Mahomes. He might have a low floor, but he's got an incredibly high ceiling. Maybe he's not the guy, but can we at least let him try and fail? Do you know how much it must suck to be Jordan Love? I mean, Gutekunst is hated simply for picking him because it was the dumbest thing you could ever do. Because he's a Jordan Love is a bum and a waste of a pick and all that stuff. Because obviously that's the what what is being implied. Because nobody would ever say it was a terrible pick if they thought he was a good. If he becomes a good player, is it a bad pick? Of course not. So it's implied when people complain about the pick that he's going to be a terrible player. And it's so weird because we, you know we we kind of talk past him a little bit. You know we don't know this guy. We know everything there is to know about Aaron Rodgers. And a lot of these guys, we, we know them. We, you know, Jordan Love is potentially our next starting quarterback. We don't know him. We don't know anything about him. We don't really seem to want to try to. I don't know if it just hasn't fully sunk in that this is our guy or what. It's a big deal. So I don't know. But I'm hopeful, and we shall see. Anyways, guys, I'm going to leave it at that. I appreciate all of your calls. Please keep them coming in, 608 and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.